0: Hey, listeners, on this week's show, we are diving back into the Spider-Verse with a spoiler-filled episode, and the film's directors join us for a conversation. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 265 of Real Blend, a podcast that wants to know, Kevin, are you aware of uh, Jared Leto's favorite song by a Disney princess? Wow,
1: that's... Yeah. Yeah. Really deep. Uh, Jared Jared Leto,
0: who you might have seen climbing on the side of a wall uh, earlier this week in pop culture news. Jared was in Berlin and decided he was going to climb out to the outside of a hotel wall. But he Um, only climbed like eight feet. But in the process of this, shared with the media what his favorite Disney princess
1: song was. And this is this is before Jared did Jared did not Jared let go. Well, um, you're almost, oh, you're almost there. Did oh, Jared let it go. There you go, baby. Oh. I was done. like, I was
2: like seriously going through I was like, was there one about a wall? And I was like, no, that's Pink Floyd.
1: <laughs> why? I, so just out of curiosity, why was Jared Leto climbing that wall? It's because he's Jared Leto. Apparently, you know, if we're going to ask
2: why questions about Jared Leto, we got to go yeah. much further back than the wall. We got to go Very to Morbius. True. We got to go. There's so many whys about Jared Leto we got to ask.
0: From what I understand, he climbs things during his concerts all the
1: time yeah. as well, too.
2: Oh, so. okay, Dude, I but see like it. the 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 drama of that moment was ruined when the
0: camera pans out and you re- and you see the people walking
2: on the street below him yeah. and you realize he's really only like eight feet off the
0: ground. Yes. Well, we're not talking about Jared Leto anymore in the show because this week's episode uh, is going to be all about the animated film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And as you guys know, What's if you've that? been listening to the show... It's a it's a very good movie. That's Small in little right independent now. film. Oh. Yes. Uh, we had uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller on the show last week. Make sure you guys check out that episode. And as we teased, we have the film's directors joining us for a sh- uh, very special chat that you guys want to stick around for. Uh, and then following that conversation, we're going to have our spoiler filled conversation about the film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, all the different things that we had to do. So we're specifically going to drill down on the ending. You guys don't want to miss that conversation. Um, and a couple of questions that we have about where the franchise might be going from here. And by we, I do mean Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Hello, Jakey. How are you, sir? You look handsome.
2: You're like, you're like you you like Benjamin Button every time the, the screen pops up for a real blend. I feel like you're getting just a little bit younger. A little bit younger. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, 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 and fifteen pounds heavier. Uh, and now, Wayne, we're gonna go to Kevin
2: and Kevin's gonna make another David Fincher reference and be like, actually you look like the gluttony guy from seven. Oh yeah. Wow.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I have uh, so many avenues I could go with this. I'm not really <laughs> true. I will say, though, because you made a Benjamin Button reference, uh, I know I've mentioned this in the show before. If you're not watching the show, Dave, I just got to say Brad Pitt has an involvement on that show. So if you really? haven't seen it and he is amazing in it, that's all what? I will say yes, never, Brad Pitt is literally the star of the season three finale of Dave. And what? he say and he sings in it. And he's amazing in it. He is literally the star of that episode, and it is brilliant. Ah, if you haven't seen Dave, ah, delicious. I was, I was waiting delicious. for him to say <laughs> that that delicious. That. We got to get Brad Pitt on the show because that sure. dude nerds uh, yeah. out. We'll, we'll dial him up yeah. next oh, so week. We,
0: yeah. We've been pushing him off, but I guess now
1: we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll finally time. I mean, uh, Pitt nerds out. It's Pitt time.
0: That's Kevin McCarthy of Fox uh, Five in Washington D.C. Uh, hello, Kevin. How are you, sir?
1: Sean, Jacob, Gabriel, and uh, also hello to all the listeners. And thank you for all the nice comments we got on on, on our new show vibe. Uh, And uh, it's been nice to read it all. And uh, I hope you guys are feeling the energy on this one. We're going to be this is going to be a lot more loose and kind of like our premiums, but also still dialed into what we're doing each week. So we're very excited.
0: It was a nice reminder um, that this show that we do doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, like we do. We put it out and then, you know, Get feedback every once in a while from people on social media. But the comments under last week's episode were truly phenomenal. And and one of the aspects that people really zeroed in on is how they feel that we as the hosts make them feel like they are part of the show. They feel like it's very interactive. Yep. They feel like they're part of a real blend family. I know we were heavy on that at the beginning. Um, and I want to get back to doing that. I want to make people feel like they are contributing to the show and part of the show. And we're going to have something towards the end of the episode uh, that will sort of loop people in. If you're watching us on YouTube, because the YouTube element is what I'm really excited about because of the video things that we're able to do. Um, So thank you for joining us here and make sure you join us here every Friday. Yes. Listen on your normal podcast feeds. That's fantastic as well, too. We're available in different places you can. But specifically, go to YouTube.com backslash Real Blend podcast. Watch us on your phones. Watch us on your televisions. Watch us on your laptops on Fridays when your boss thinks that you're working. Um, it's a great way That's to I do. pass time. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do, too. Uh, and uh, while you're there, please hit subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave comments down below. And yeah. Um, and keep that YouTube channel growing, which we really, really appreciate. And of course, you have the ability to sign up for additional Real Blend through the Real Blend Premium. Uh, we discussed the fact that the premium episodes uh, are not going to be happening anymore, but we still have, of course, the ad-free version of the show, which you guys might be very interested in getting, and the newsletter that comes from me every other week, which is also going to have call to action that you guys can participate in. Keep those uh, emails coming in. I really enjoy hearing from everybody. And then I usually share it with the boys when you guys send something really nice okay spider-man Spider-Man, uh, spider-man across the spider-verse um as mentioned we had phil lord and chris miller on last week's show they were fantastic uh we made sure to avoid spoilers as much as we could with those guys um but we knew in addition that we were going to get the three directors behind the show so it's Ken powers uh joaquin dos santos and justin k thompson and they did not direct into the spider-verse this is their first foray into the spider-verse world Kemp, uh, you guys might know, he co-directed uh, Soul for Pixar. Um, and then Justin, I know, worked on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So they all have had d- connections to Phil and Chris, but then came on board to direct across the Spider-Verse. And they are also staying on board, from what I understand, to direct Beyond, which currently has a March 29th, 2024 release date. We will see if it actually reaches that. But with these guys, we said, hey, spoiler, f- uh, spoiler filled. You know, feel free to talk as openly as you want to about the process. We're going to hold it till this week um, so that people who have seen the movie can listen to it without uh, fearing getting anything spoiled, because we really definitely wanted to get into their process. And so without further ado, let's get to the Across the Spider-Verse interview with the three co-directors of the film, Kemp Powers, Joaquin Dos Santos and Justin K. Thompson. The strange thing is we cannot find the words to express how magnificent it is you have a truly special masterpiece oh, thank you man. Wow. Yeah, that
4: means a lot it means a ton appreciate it thank you thank
0: you guys thank you. Um, i'm gonna start us here oh and i want to let everybody know too that this is going to run um after june 5th and so you guys are free to talk uh, at at length you oh know about no details. spoilers we okay will, spoiler city will protect yeah great. if you want to yeah. get into details you're okay, allowed to. all right i want to start with this because right off the bat there's a rhythm uh to the movement of the picture it starts with gwen's drumming um which i think is fantastic and and this moves to a beat in a way that i haven't seen other animated movies really do but i i don't i want you guys to talk about whether it's possible to animate uh to the beats of music is it something that has to be done in the edit How, what is the process of approaching that
3: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of everything. It's it's kind of a smorgasbord of of stuff. Um, but yes, it is possible to animate to a beat. Uh, that that drumming sort of motif was something that was set up even at the storyboard phase, right? Uh, through editorial, and then that gets passed on to layout and animation. So yeah, you do plan for it, and then there is there's cutting patterns and stuff that you can do right. in editorial to make stuff have sort of a rhythmic feel. And when is
4: oh sorry, go ahead. Oh. When it starts out, it's temp music, you understand. Yeah. So when we're doing it in 2D storyboards, Gwen is drumming, but it's not matched to music, and it's temp music, and it stays temp music through rough layout yep, until right. we get into animation and we finally get the cuz Daniel Pemberton scored that that's actually Daniel mm-hmm. Pemberton drumming so oh, wow. we we oh, matched wow. it to Daniel Pemberton's drumming that's one of the last things that ha- things that happens but a lot of it is temp music and conceptual until the actual score gets delivered
5: and then we have gotcha. to go back to animation once we have that score and then retime some of the things yes. so that they line up perfectly and then we were timing then when we get to lighting and stuff now we have the score we have the animation we actually changed some of our shots because of the yes. score yeah. uh-huh. and we mm-hmm. a, and and it influenced our sh- our cutting pattern because of the score and then we started adding all these like Effects and and these like mm-hmm. and and I, you see it's like the, the these There's, shapes and stuff that are reacting to the music in real time. Mm-hmm. So right. we kind of did that up until the very last. I was going to say
4: it's the first thing in the film that we started on early, yeah. and it was also the last thing. It was yeah. built, like it, among the last things mm-hmm. we finished. I,
5: I think it was the last thing we finished actually. Yeah, uh, but it's
3: a real. I mean, it's. It, I think it's probably the strongest. Yeah, like you said, it's like it was like one of the core ideas that we had at the beginning. But it's such a it's such a a handoff to every department and then back again in order to make it work. Right.
1: And shout out to Daniel Pemberton, one of the best composers. Oh, he he did Steve Jobs with uh, Danny Boyle. And I remember, didn't he didn't he record each year in a different sound like he used like old school technology and then as the technology got more and more he would like went more and more higher in the tech which you guys really kind of have place.
3: to yeah
1: interview I mean, him because i was gonna
4: say if you're gonna do us and phil and chris you're kind of doing yourselves a disservice to not sit down with daniel pemberton yeah dude okay for We'd love to. Interview. We, we,
1: oh that that's the whole if that's you, the whole point of our know show yeah, well yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. you know the people to talk to, the
4: I'll, same I'll send you his number. Yeah, you guys should uh-huh. really sit down with Daniel Pemberton. Seriously. this okay. is, what, this is yeah.
1: what our show is. Like we our, our whole goal of creating the show was to educate people on the filmmaking process. Like we've had Zimmer on and 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 uh, and you know, a lot of Danny Elfman, so we're down for Pemberton. Daniel okay. is
5: amazing and he's he's an yeah. amazing character, he's an amazing person to talk to. You definitely got to reach out to him. And, and I got to say right.
1: like
4: as a filmmaker, it's one of the most like enjoyable parts of the creative process. I mean I've been really lucky. You know, on Soul, we got Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John <laughs> yeah. Batiste. Then on mm-hmm. One Night in Miami we had Terrence Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Like these <laughs> these compos like this is such a I mean film is musical. You know yeah. you know what I mean? And and it's like it's such a key, I think underrated, underappreciated part of the the process. How it really is as, as much work as we've done that musical
5: component of it just yeah, like and, and that,
4: elevates it all. Yeah. For and us. that
5: drumming sequence was meant to set the rhythm of the film and letting audiences know right off the bat. Yeah. This is not going to be told in a traditional way. Yes. We are yeah. not going to take you on a journey that you expect. Even if you loved the first movie, we knew we had to go beyond what was expected, even of the first movie, because yeah. the first movie did so much was so inventive and was so daring and was so groundbreaking like it just gave us permission to go even further mm. And, mm. and to mm. and we wanted to right out of the gate as the film opens let people know we're going to take you even even beyond what you saw in the first movie yeah mm. incredible
2: um, you guys touch on and I, I loved how you handle it uh, the concept of canon in this film which is this idea that no matter which kind of Spider-Man you are from whatever universe there are certain things that just have to happen and I want to sort of compare that to being a director on a Spider-Man film no matter what the experience is whether it be John Watts or Sam Raimi or you guys whatever type of film it is what are certain things that are absolutely canon to being a director on a star or on a Spider-Man film where like it's going to happen to you no matter what. Well, you're going to be reminded
4: how important it is. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Because there's a lot of You know, <laughs> you know like, look, man. It's it's both our film, but it's also the world's yeah. character. You know what the I mean? Audience so owns this character. The audience really owns Spider-Man. Um. But it. but but it. it's also the artist making this film. We've put our hearts and souls into it, and it's our it's a story that means means a lot to us. So I think it's that. Um, It's that that balance. Um, It is. It's the balance, I think. And I I don't know those other directors, so you'd have to speak to them. But at least for... I can't imagine that not being something that is a challenge that needs to be navigated when you're dealing with something that is... I I hate words like IP and all that shit like that because it takes the artistry Mm. out of it. When you're dealing with something... That is already so beloved by by so much of the world, but at the same time you're trying to do something unique that's different that hasn't been seen before yeah. with a character that everyone feels like they know so well. Hence, they've established so many rules about what you can and cannot do. That's both the gift and the curse of fandom. And once again, I got to experience it firsthand in the beginning with freaking Star Trek. And I feel like you just, <laughs> fandom has is is very vocal, and they get scared until you do the thing that's dead. That, that's what I loved about the first yes. film, right. is that I remind people, no one asked for Into the Spider-Verse. In yeah. fact, right. when I remember it was announced, most of the chatter that I heard was, why do we need another Spider-Man movie?
3: The, well, there was an interesting <laughs> thing that kind of happened in comics when Miles was first brought onto the scene. There was a huge you know it sort of divided fandom there was yeah, a zoom. lot of yeah. weirdos out there that were sort of like anti-Miles and and in, in principle on principle yeah on just principle like, so it's like that the essence of that idea is sort of what our canon events are kind of speaking to and, yeah, and, and, right. in a way you know what I mean there's there's a little bit of a wink and a nod like hey yeah. we're, we're gonna make it work like and it's, Miles and will that, make it work on his and that, terms
5: and that speaks again to like how we approach this film like yeah. It, it it automatically was miles out of the gate. Was he was announcing he was different, and there were it was it was going to be divided. So we had to just lean into how we were going to be different and yeah. just do something yeah. that inspired us and was grounded by this emotional journey that he's going to go on. And that's what I think is so exciting about Spider-Man and why fans are so attached to him is he's re- everybody relates to him as an everyman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody sees themselves in him. And, and, and the fact yeah. that Spider-Man, and especially Miles Morales, who has like loving parents and a loving, supportive family, is even different from Peter right. Parker in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the things that stress him out and the things that are the biggest challenges in his life aren't like fighting these cosmic entities or people with superpowers. It's actually whether or not his parents are proud mm-hmm. of him. And right. that is the thing that we wanted to establish the most yeah, yeah. when we were making yeah. this film yeah. is how he relates to his family and how important that is to him. And one of the most powerful elements,
4: we, since we can talk spoilers, um, one of the most like powerful elements that has incredible double meaning that to me is when Miles is told you're not supposed to be Spider-Man. Because yeah. right. yeah. literally right. the proxy for the audience it, telling him, telling this character, yeah. you're not supposed to be here. That's him. right. And that means oh, a lot to me personally because yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, let's lean into this. We know the conversations that happen around all these characters and how many of what are now canon things did people fight? Heath Ledger's a Joker. That guy from that, that guy is going to be the Joker? I'm going right, to boy yeah. the Joker. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. Beetlejuice? Have oh my God, I want nothing yeah. to do with Beetlejuice's Batman. That's right. The most, right. be- most of the most beloved things that have turned into canon no one wanted the fandom didn't want it and mm. we really mm. wanted to just put that right in there and just be like yeah. you, you know what i mean like oh, that's, it, incredible. that's incredible everything that you did that cool. is that that you can't live without you didn't want it you hated the idea of it
0: unbelievable mm. that's so true it's yeah. so true that's I why wanna, you have to I'll... lead and not follow yes, <laughs>
1: yes. Exactly. exactly be a
0: leader
3: and not a follow yes yep
1: You know, the the emotional core of this film is what I found to be the most resonating. I mean, obviously, the visual and and the action and the comedy and the the way you balance score and soundtrack, which is really hard to do because you have films that could be soundtrack heavy or score heavy. But just moments like he has with his mom about her saying like, please protect this boy. And I hope it's such a beautiful moment, but I want to talk a little bit about the animation in terms of like nerding out for our audience about how sequences were done, because there is so much going on the screen visually in terms of color, uh, moments that look hand drawn. The animation is just insane to look at, but if you look at the first, uh, fight sequence with vulture, um, and kind of like the idea of vulture almost looks hand drawn. And then you have miles who looks a different way and there's different animation in that sequence. Can you talk about how you decide who's going to look a certain way, who's going to look hand drawn, who's going to look, uh, you know, a different way? I don't even know the words to put it because we were saying this when we texted after the movie was over. I was like, how do you even explain to somebody how this looked visually? <laughs> so I'm just curious if you can break down the decision process of like when a character looks hand drawn, when they don't. How does how does how does that work?
3: I mean, look, we had long conversations up top, like what does it mean? for you, for one character to go into another reality do they retain their look and stick out like a sore thumb do they take on that world's look do they take on a bit of that world's look and and honestly the the, the real answer is what feels the best visually on screen and emotionally on screen there's no hard hard rule that we followed no. there couldn't be um so the vulture was very much meant to stick out like a sore thumb. You're already a fish out of water as an audience member when oh. you're in Gwen's world, right? You're yes, like, yeah. oh my gosh, kaleidoscopic, yep. crazy, watercolors, I mean, water just I mean, it's it's a lot to take the in. Watercolors were stunning. Stunning. Yeah. But then the vulture, we you immediately go, all right, what's the opposite? Let's, what's the opposite? Sepia. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. How do you how do you bring uh oh. in in like a like a hand? the the quill you can see the quill and the texture yeah. of the paper that
5: he's yeah. drawing feel
2: like a Michelangelo drawing kind of yeah. that was well a we big started part of like
5: looking around we started yeah the visual we, reference a lot of visual references what was what would be like hand drawn on paper yeah. and that was like yeah. Leonardo da Vinci yeah, we yeah. came across uh, and like what and and also Gwen's comic book style is very contemporary yeah, yeah. and we're like what would be the what would be the equivalent the old equivalent what's the like how far back could we go that would look like something that would feel like a comic book and honestly yeah. you
3: look at some of da vinci's you know sketches and his drawings and his inventions i mean we were sort of like taken aback because some of them are pretty ghastly actually you're like whoa that was uh, yeah. horrific <laughs> um, but some of them are almost like his his whirly gig is it looks like a comic book device you know mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. right so that it fit really well we you know we also looked at uh I can't remember the name of the 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 festival what was yeah,
4: there's a fu- festival in oh. France something deluxe it was basically these forty foot tall marionettes, so the mechanics of how the vulture's wings worked were were based off of that um, oh, wow. and, and also like conversely, there are certain characters that we just wanted to part of the fun of them is that they looked exactly how they were supposed to look a great insomniac spider-man spectacular spider-man right. spider-man sixty seven The fun in yeah. that is that they look. It, we just recreated one-to-one. exactly one to
5: one what yeah. they
4: were, so that you, without a doubt, you knew what the hell they were. Yeah, because because
5: right. I think as we were developing, like you're saying at the beginning, at first when we experimented with the idea that maybe you, that we we bring everybody's looks closer together. Yeah, I think what what we found that it was more exciting to keep miles of fish out of water and like have and and it was a more interesting journey. The idea that we could show that there's all these different ways to be Spider-Man. And it was actually clearer to us story-wise mm-hmm. that if they were more different stylistically from each other, you could see yep. it, it literally is on screen. There are different ways to be Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Woman, yeah. Spider-Person, yeah. Spider-Cat, Spider-Dog, yeah. whatever, Monkey. <laughs> yeah. like
3: Dinosaur. Yeah, early yeah. on. Spider-T-Rex. When yeah. he goes to 2099, uh, when he first goes to uh, uh, Nueva York, before we had this was still storyboards before we'd figured out like oh is he going to retain his look or how's he going to be fish out of water there was a great moment that has since been cut for the right reasons where he had his he still had his sweater with him and he didn't know what to do he was like do i wear it over my 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 shoulders or do i wrap it around my waist and gwen was like no no don't do that don't do that don't do that Uh, but it was it sort of lent to this feeling of like i remember having that feeling as a teenager like how how do, do I roll the cuffs up? What do I do? How am I gonna fit right. in with this group of people? Right. Yeah.
5: Stupid
1: question is, some, is is somebody still hand drawing? Is it all computer?
5: It is a mix of so many different tools, um, including hand drawn. Um, it's, oh, well, um, but primarily it's all three D three dimensional tools like done in the computer that, uh, were developed by Sony pictures, image works, the geniuses that work there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the art that was driven and drawn and painted by Sony pictures, animation artists, um, that, uh, basically, I mean, almost a thousand people worked on this film and when you add up and line up all the all, all the time it it amounts to about 753 years worth of work went into this movie um, oh, that's all? Um, <laughs> and, and, and so if like one person tried to do it on their own, it would take you 753 years. Another oh, part. my God. So, so, so it is visually complex and feels, because it is. Uh, it, right. it, it, you're not just, it's not just an illusion. And, and, and the tools, sometimes we, we contacted 2D animation houses. Yeah. Um, like, and comic like, book and artists. And comic too. book artists yes. themselves. We brought in a lot of comic That book was artists. the biggest thing.
4: Yeah, uh, we brought in a lot. I, yeah, Rick and, and,
0: and, and The studio's like, can you guys do it again by March?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interview yeah. over.
0: Yeah, so uh,
4: dude, <laughs> dude, you, you got to let us enjoy what this moment. Hard
0: earned. Kemp, I want to ask this might be a difficult one, um, but what is a joke that you guys are incredibly proud of that you're afraid the audience might miss just because there's so much going on and it might go past too fast?
5: Hmm. That, that
4: I think that I'm afraid the audience might miss.
5: I hope they didn't it's, miss any.
0: I don't
4: think, honestly, <laughs> one thing is a moment that, it's not even a joke, it's just in the beginning when, when the spot goes into the bodega, because I remember mm. discussing this in dailies and animation, mm. um, and Ziggy goes, hey man, what are you doing back there? It's the fact that he's pulling the baseball bat out (laughs) as he's asking, and it just like (laughs) passes right under the like right below the line. Because we had a version where it was very dramatic, where he's like, "What are you doing back there?" And instead, it was like, "Hey, man, what are you doing back there?" He's just like pulling out a bat to beat this guy's ass, and and that's like really funny to me. But most of the jokes, I think that I,
1: I I don't think they're gonna go over. The ATM joke is my favorite joke in the whole movie, oh, by the yeah. way. I, cannot, I never knew that. Yeah. And non-bread yeah. and, non and chai tea. I'm like, what yeah. am I doing with my life? How did I not know yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I hope
4: people, the only way people can miss some of these jokes is if they're laughing and stop paying you know, attention, yeah. which is just, you know, you sure. try to time it. That's the wonderful thing about doing test screenings, yeah. the test See audiences, long, is not. you go like, oh, man, we need a little bit of a breather because... That mm. sometimes you're surprised by the things that really make make people um, laugh.
0: Gotcha. Mm.
2: There's a joke from uh, the first movie that I always just loved. And whenever I remember when my dad watched, I was like, dude, dude, like, watch this little moment. Um, And it's the moment when a character gets hit on the head with a bagel. And then it says bagel. (laughs) Yes. I I always just thought like, oh, that's such a funny little like that's such a just within this great, grand, beautiful movie. That's such a funny, small little moment that we have now since learned is not a small little moment. It is a (laughs) moment. It, it has taken this what I thought was just a funny one-off joke and <laughs> spun it into this huge, incredible thing. Did you guys, uh, I mean, was it always meant to be yes. a thing? Yeah. Like, yes. we, like, we're going to come back later to that guy. Yeah.
4: yeah. From the very beginning, that dude who gets hit with the bagel is going to be our villain.
3: And by the way, <laughs> that incredible. guy had his own cosplay at cons. Yeah, we that saw a cosplay. Yeah, yeah, That guy was always going to be. Yeah, the dude
4: yeah. who got hit with the bagel <laughs> yeah. is going to be the big villain of... Uh,
0: and as I pointed <laughs> out, it's the breakfast food with a hole in it. Yeah, so, that's
5: right. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Very
1: know, deliberate. Uh- I love uh, what I was telling the guys is one of the things that's beautiful about this movie is throughout all the insanity of it all, you are constantly reminded that he's just a teenager Um, and you and it it almost like it almost is like the immersion is pulling you back to understanding, hey, this is a kid who's dealing with the weight of the world, literally. Um, And but one of the things that I love is just this sense of his parents grounding him, not understanding the weight of what he's dealing with. So I wanted to ask each of you. It reminded me thought I thought back to my childhood do you each remember stories at all about being grounded as a kid? Do you remember a story about a length of time you got grounded for something you did, maybe something similar to what Miles was doing?
3: Uh, I do, I have a few. Um, so, you know, uh, single mom, uh, she did the best she could, She's super awesome. Uh, I was an only child, so the notion of grounding me was like, please, send me to my room, where I can just draw for hours on end and be not bothered. Um, so there was a lot of that. I was happy to be in my room alone by myself. You know, the biggest punishment is like, well, you're not allowed to draw. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, now yeah. I'm kind of hosed. But like for the most part, she would never, you know, that that happened like maybe twice. Uh, but yeah, alone to draw was totally fine for me. What
5: about you guys? I, I was... Um... I was grounded a lot <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I, for all kinds of things, I was a very rebellious kind of kid and, um, but not in the way of like not wanting to listen to my parents or anything like that. It was more of like, I was so, um, just driven to kind of be this sort of, um, i just i just wanted to find my own path at all times yeah. and not be told like how i had to live my life kind of thing kind of like miles um, kind of like miles and it's funny you're asking me this because i i did i didn't even realize as we were doing it at the time but m- when my father would ground me i i would actually sneak out my window and 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 like just like he does in this movie and i did it constantly and i would and i would um you know and i and i would Try to tell my dad after a while, I was like, don't bother. I'm just going to go out the window. <laughs> like, and, and, and I was trying to be like, and I felt like a grown up when I was talking to him, you know, and it, and I, and it reminds me. And, and I think channeling a lot of that energy of like you want to feel like a grown up while your parents are still reprimanding you and trying to discipline you in this way is kind of like the crux that miles it's, it's like that crossroads miles finds good. himself in this yeah. movie. And I think we channeled that a lot. And, and I, and it's funny that we have him he's like climb a, out the window. Cause I did that so much. He's got a lot
3: of authoritarian figures okay. that are trying to ground him. <laughs> yeah.
4: And Kemp for you. I just, as crazy as this sounds, um, I don't think I ever was grounded for anything. Um, wow. the, but dad, don't, don't, no, no, don't, don't clap because part of it was that I was like such an introvert that my mom was like, get out of the fucking uh, house. Yeah. So it was very much like grounding would have been like my dream. And it was very much just like, get out, go outside, you know, whatever. And I, but I, and I also had this thing where if I had like a, 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 a you know, a curfew or something or a certain time. I would always hit it. I might be like all over the place, but I would always like hit those curfews that never really put I always equated to like there's that great comedy Meet the Parents and De Niro's son like comes in the window and like sprays the axe body spray on. Like as long as you when you have my mom was in the army, so as long when you have a military parent, it's about just Time. hitting your times, yeah. hitting your curfews, hitting your deadlines. And it served me well as a journalist. I always hit deadlines. So like it became, came from my mom, like I could pretty much burn the city down <laughs> as long as I like got back by like a certain time. So I got very good about like pushing it until 30 seconds before whatever my curfew or deadline is. And I have to say, I've never been grounded.
0: You're in some man. That's amazing. Um Guys, we are um, getting close to, to running out of time. And so I, I want to ask kind of a big question. Um, Spider-Man has legitimately changed my life. Like I am the person that I am because of that character and, and who he is. Um, and so I want to know just in, in the process of working on this film and and planning for the next one. And I'm sure you'll hear a lot of it from feedback from fans, but I'm, you know, of of stories that, that they have that connect them to Spider-Man. I'm curious if you could each go through and just talk to me about how the characters maybe impacted your life or changed your life in a specific way, maybe starting with with Kemp?
4: yeah, I mean, for me, Spider-Man is really special. I'm from New York, so growing up, one of the things that drew me to Marvel Comics was that they were in the real world. And within those Marvel Comics, Spider-Man was in a world that I recognized. When he was swinging from buildings, I recognized those buildings and you know when he was in the neighborhood so, so Spider-Man was the the first hero that I encountered and, that, and another element of Spider-Man that I always loved was that he was almost always the underdog he was always kind of like losing most of his mm-hmm. fights and then at the last minute something came up I, I forgot what comic it was but there was one where Spider-Man was getting his butt kicked by Iron Man and something like triggered him and he like beat Iron Man's armor off of him like in a rage. And it was Damn. this idea of like a character that could be, you you pushed him and pushed him. And he was actually, he was actually didn't want to fight, you know? So much right. of the Spider-Man for me was that other heroes attack, attack, attack. Spider-Man spends most of his time saving people. Right. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Like saving yeah. people. And I think when you look at this film, some of my favorite scenes in mumbai it's a rescue scene. It's literally them... Saving as many people as they can. And to me, that's the essence of what makes Spider-Man awesome. What bummed me out about Batman was that he was like seven. Like, great, I'm murdered, and he's going to solve my murder. That's not doing me any favors. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man would actually, like, save me before they killed me? Uh, which I thought was kind of nice. Um, and, and he Detected and man. he existed in his, I know, he's the world's greatest detective, but like, I'd rather be like, stop the crime. Yeah. And um, so, so Spider-Man, like, existed in my world, and it was the world right outside my window so just being a kid growing up in brooklyn um i just related to that character i think more than any other um you know superhero and 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 honestly he's a superhero that i felt like the most i I would be the most likely to be Mm. if i was Mm -hmm. ever gonna be a superhero Mm -hmm. you you know damn
5: justin similar um Similar, of course, I could echo all of that. Except I'm not from Brooklyn, Um, but uh, but I but I do think um, I think for me the thing I love about Spider Man and and um, I have a confession: Uh, I was always a fan of Spider Man, but I really didn't get into him until I read those Miles Morales comics Um, Mm -hmm. because I think I I just liked that he was trying to really balance, and even Peter Parker. I I love that the thing I loved about them the most uh, is that they're trying to, like I said earlier, their biggest problems weren't these cosmic superheroes that they, supervillains that they were fighting. It was whether the girl that they were pining for would, would return that, you know, like sort of affection, you know, that their biggest problem was whether or not they, you know, we're going to get straight A's, or if they didn't, are, were they, were they going to get grounded? You know, their yeah. biggest problems were, you know, are they, are they gonna, like, be able to pay rent? You know, yeah. it's like, it's kind like, of yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think that was, um I think that was for me, like, why I love it. It's relatable. It's like everyday life, but then also, Oh man, I'm also a superhero and I have to like mm. make sure everybody survives too. Like, you know, but also, Hey, can I borrow some money? This is, is, is kind of it's like, super relatable. it's kind of an amazing, relatable yeah. thing. Yeah. And actually what I love about it. And, and I'm just also like, just personally just such a fan of, of silly jokes and one liners and nobody's better at yeah. them than Spider-Man.
0: I don't know. It's his humor that, that uh, does it for me, honestly. That's why that moment when Gwen says to her father, like, how's the manhunt for me go? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's such a great moment Still got it with her fake voice. Yeah.
4: I love how they're all one of the hardest things. They're all funny in our film in different ways, yeah. which I was so, I was just so excited about how different Spider-Punk managed to be funny. Yeah. Then yeah. Pav, <laughs> then Miles, then Peter B., then Gwen, how they all have a different kind of humor, even Miguel. They all have and, you, and they get you to laugh. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. looking for you real quick. Uh, how how Spider Man. Super duper
3: quick. Um, all the reasons. I mean, the relatability is the thing. I uh, was born in Portugal. My family's crest is the spider. So, like, it's. Oh, it's God. My middle name is Aranha. Like, it has <laughs> been in my life literally since before I knew what Spider Man was. I had a Spider Man, wow. uh, a John Romita Sr. Spider Man poster in my room. It's like the first image I can remember. Um, I will say. So he was. I mean, it was just like by default. He was my favorite character. Uh, I think there's something instantly gratifying to a kid about somebody that basically looks like a super colorful luchador swinging through the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really sort of shifted for me was uh, when Miles really started rising to sort of acceptance and prominence. It was the first time I had seen the character transcend, and have I, I have groups of people that you know never felt. A certain kinship to him it's felt maybe a certain amount they're now saying like i see myself in this character the idea of anybody can wear the mask just just that phrase alone really sort of shifted sort of the the the, everything on its ear uh in the best possible way
0: my wife works in um public elementary education and it's it's strange to her that i that i'm surprised that miles is their spider-man yeah all the kids in her school and in that in that same with my kid that, that that's that's who their spider-man is growing up and it's because of the first movie it's because of the comics and it's absolutely going to be because of this one freaking Um freaking guys I, I wish we had uh more an hour more uh you guys are are fantastic thank you so much for joining our show the film is a straight-up masterpiece oh, and, uh, thank you
1: so much man. we will
0: be we'll be
1: racing back to go see it so. and ken thank you thank you for soul by the way of course uh, and speaking of men, a mental health that line that miles says to his father or isn't about, that great like, about know, <laughs> black men, are, men of your age tend to not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I just wanted to say thank you because because that line and then what you did with soul, just the way you've expressed mental health in your work, um, I, it's just it's just astounding. So thank you for what you do. Thanks, man. Appreciate that.
6: This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force.
0: Of course, we want to thank our good friends at Sony Pictures for hooking us up with that interview and giving us uh, opportunity to get so much great Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse content. Um, in addition to those guys who were fantastic, uh, earlier this week, we had a bonus episode with the film's composer, uh, Daniel Pemberton. And if you guys haven't gone out of your way, to go listen to that. And I actually, the numbers on that one were really great out of the gate. And I do feel like when we get a composer on the show, yeah. people respond. Yeah. Uh, to that because they don't get a lot of... I want to say mainstream interviews like they don't get interviewed on larger outlets all the time. Yeah. Yeah, And and
1: Daniel was amazing. And I'll just say this because we're going to move on to spoilers. But if if you're a fan of anything he's done, particularly Steve Jobs, uh, he Mm -hmm. dives really deeply into the process of creating that score with with, uh, Danny Boyle. But I got to tell you, this interview is like nuts and bolts of composing music. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of cool. And if you're really nerdy about how composition is done and how original scores are done, He really got dives into it from a narrative perspective. Even Sean and I were sitting there going, wow, this is like insane. Just the thought process and the detail that he goes into. So it is a bonus episode, but it's also an interview that we're super proud of. And it's a really... Uh, interesting perspective and stuff that I didn't know. And I did see a comment under the interview asking us to have other composers on. We've had Ludovic Goranson on for Tenet. We had uh, Hans Zimmer for Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer for uh, for uh, uh, Dune. We Dune. also have
6: show, show friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great
2: interview. I listened to it uh, a little bit earlier today. It did feel like it was missing something, it, and I couldn't quite it, put my finger on did. what it was. Yeah. But there's a there's about True. a third of a hole sort of yeah. just
1: in that interview that it was. Miss- um, it, it, you know, it was missing a Gabe question. I thought that was is it, that we were referring to. Son yeah, yeah. So,
0: <laughs> no. All right. So, Spider Man across the Spider Verse, as expected, uh, dominated the box office. Its domestic opening was one hundred twenty million. Its worldwide total as of today was is two hundred. So today, by saying that uh, we are recording on Wednesday, is two hundred twenty one million dollars worldwide. However, what's most important is that uh, we made bets on what we thought that Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse was going to open to. I want to remind everybody that the projections for this movie put it in a very large window of 80 million to 120 million so not quite uh, exact science uh, precise science but I want to remind the uh, listeners wh- where we went and and come up with who won ultimately so um, we're going to use prices right rules right you got to get as close as you can without going over I think that's that's what's fair right Says so Jake looking
6: at the numbers yeah, yeah. Jake said
0: <laughs> Jake said 100 million so he was off by 20 uh Kevin said 125 million, so he went a little bit higher. Wah, 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 wah. And the kid, the gee, oh,
1: the, the key. Kid comes in
0: with 115 million dollars. I gotta say, <laughs> like I'm a-
2: not loving this new format of the show <laughs> where Sean wins. <laughs> yep, I don't, I don't yeah. really know what my role is supposed to be on the show. Then,
0: yeah, Sean behind won- the curtain. I won the last premium game as well. Too premium yeah. game. Yeah, no one
1: cares. I care. I care wholeheartedly. it's very important to note this, and we discussed this in the show last week. The first Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man film, 2018, opened to $35 million, okay? This <laughs> opened nuts. to 120.5, yeah. and that is, incredible. you know, I, one of the things we discussed on the show is why the, how the first one became more popular once it hit Netflix, people found it. I mean, because, you know, an animated Spider-Man film coming out with the live-action Spider-Man films, it, it, it still did well. I think it did like $364 million worldwide total. But the jump from the domestic open from 35 to 120 million for the second one is just astounding and also just a a reminder. And remember, one's pre-pandemic. That was, you know, 2018. And then now this one, it's really kind of an interesting perspective to think about where we are with movies and how well people are, are going to the movie theaters. And, well, you know, these box office numbers are really a big deal. It just shows how healthy the marketplace is right now.
0: And similar to Mario, which I think appealed to young kids who just wanted Mm -hmm. to see something animated and an older audience who grew up with, with playing Uh super Mario brothers games. I think spider verse appeals to multiple uh, demographics (gasps) and generations as well too. Sure. This is the kind of movie that parents want to go to as well to see, you know, with their kids. I've, I've heard from a number of people who were like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm taking my kids because I want to see that almost as much as they do kind of thing. Could you so imagine
1: being help. a young kid and this being the animation you're you're seeing oh. as a young kid? Like like when we were growing up, as, as you, well, Sean was born in 1920, so we, obviously right. he dealt with a lot of different uh, animation we, styles over honestly, the years. Honestly, I,
0: I did the junket for that Steamboat Willie uh, yeah, yeah, where it's yeah. just Mickey on the boat and he's whistling. Uh-huh. That was yeah. a great
1: junket. And then the, I, I, I still think your best interview of all time was Orson Welles for Citizen Kane. But we can get to that later. But I do think <laughs> that in terms of. The problem of, was is
2: that Sean fell asleep. So you, his first question right, was, yeah. wait, what was Rosebud? Well, right, Rosebud?
1: Right. <laughs> Rosebud? Um, but no, but it, in, in reality, like, like it is it is interesting to think about like kids these days. This is their animation. And now Spider-Verse is also a very unique groundbreaking style of animation that we haven't really dealt with. I mean with into the spider verse and now this it's very interesting kind of the, how they're playing with different forms of animation as you've heard the directors talk about on our show. Um, but I can't imagine being a 10 year old and this being considered to be like, this is the animation I'm viewing. It's unbelievable. Hold on.
0: Let's use that as a transition. So we're going to get into full spoilers right now. Um, so it's off to a great start at the box office. I hope it holds. We shall see. It's going up against Transformers Too busy. this week. Yeah. Um I'll be curious if I think it could beat Transformers. I 100% think it could be Transformers.
1: I think it yeah. will because Transformers and actually by the way I know we're not going to review Transformers. I liked the new Transformers. I thought yeah. it was the best best one since the first one and I know that's not really saying much but Better than Bumblebee? I, I like Bumblebee a lot. I think this is better than Bumblebee. I think oh, wow. this is
0: I actually do think this is better also. They're different. Oh.
1: Yeah, a, also, they're they're, I really like Bumblebee. That's a bold it's also the, the that's also the soundtrack for me. Uh, all the '90s hip hop, a lot of Wu Tang and, and, and Biggie, and um, and also Pete Davidson's really great in it. Like He's funny. I mm. wasn't really, hyped for this,
6: but that has me. There I was really worried there was a
1: step back from Bumblebee. But there's
6: so a
0: Bumblebee moment in Rise oh, of the Beasts that dude. uses LL Cool J's. Uh, Don't say
1: it. Don't say the words. Okay, I won't Just, say it. It, but, it uses LL Cool J. Let it happen. It's an
0: stand up and cheer in the theater type moment. And I don't care about Transformers. Say. Like one bit, and it was like a great moment.
6: I want to ask you guys for Spider Verse before we move into spoilers. I'll look I'll look up the tracking for that. Where do you guys
2: think it ends up? You're not gonna cross a billion,
6: but Shy
1: what do you think? Six hundred
2: wait, wait, you you're you're asking Spider Verse or Transformers? Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Where's worldwide. Spiderverse? Yeah. Where's uh, it end up?
1: 600? I, I
2: think it's going to be leggy, and I'm going to say somewhere between eight and 900. I, I, I think it could challenge Guardians for Movie of the Summer. i put here, it in here, that 800,
0: 900 range probably.
1: Here's the biggest don't issue, just though. copy my answer, Sean. That's not <laughs> how you're going to win. But remember what's coming out in the next month, and the next two months. So, first of all, Spider-Verse had IMAX this weekend, which yeah. obviously ups their charges. Sure. Um, that, and then coming up, we have... Uh, literally, Transformers, The Flash, Indie Five, Barbie, yeah. Oppenheimer. Mission. I think. Yeah, I, mission. mission. I, I, I think legs would have. Let's say this opened in August. Tom Cruise just had a heart attack. That Kevin yeah. skipped mission when listing all well, the movies that are coming out this summer. But, but let's say Spider Verse opened in August and nothing was coming out oh, I, could, different story. I, could, oh I could see it i could see which it is reaching. why don't you think <laughs> that like
2: don't you think that studios need to start thinking outside the box in terms of release dates like what what is wrong with putting out and i get the concept of kids out of school but like kids like people will go see movies even if kids are in school like some of these yeah. movies that aren't doing as well because of they're going up against something else could have done but like honestly 65 could have done perfectly well and been a pretty sure. solid 25 million dollar opening in January or September like it didn't have to come out opposite whatever the big what is it what did it come out opposite John Wick or whatever the case was like, yeah. like oh, start, start yeah, thinking yeah. outside the yeah. box
6: to, to round this section off and then we'll move into spoilers folks um office pro which nailed the projection last weekend has spider-man across the spider-verse winning the weekend with 50.5 million over yeah. the three days and weird. transformers just underneath it with 49.5 oh wow Ooh, neck and neck and it looks like it looks like spider-verse is going to still be uh, in more theaters than, than transformers. who take, does transformers take over IMAX that's, the, that's a key yeah it's, it is taking IMAX
0: Kev um, all right. So Kevin was mentioning we're going to dive into full spoilers now at this point from across the Spider Verse. So, if for whatever reason you have made it this far into the podcast and have not yet seen the movie and still want to be unspoiled, now is your chance to probably back out. Just hit pause, uh, go watch the movie, and then come on back and join our spoiler filled conversation. Here, here's and here's what start you can do mute one. us
6: and then just in the comments, just write a comments thing what you think we're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make, just fun, bump, make fun bump
6: of us. The algorithm. Yeah. They bump the algorithm, you know? Oh
0: my God! Can someone do one of those funny videos where they put fake conversations? Oh God! Please uh, don't. That
5: really concerns <laughs> me.
0: We'll go viral. I think we would go viral if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we want to start with the ending and the cliffhanger conversation, but I just want to mention this one point because I found this to be astounding. Kevin was talking about what if this was your animation as a kid? And he pointed out, you know, 10 year olds who were going to the theaters to witness this. And we learned over this uh, past week that the Lego World animation uh, sequence in Across the Spider-Verse, where the spot. Pokes in, and we get to see the Lego world that looks very much like the Daily Bugle set that they sold recently. Mm. And then you see Peter Parker interact with Jay Jonah Jameson, and he goes into the bathroom, and he goes, boop, 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 <laughs> and then talks to Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Um, that that whole thing, that whole sequence, was animated by a 14 year old kid. Um, was it? Who they found on yeah. social media. Yes, they found that kid on social media. He redid the entire. Across the Spider Verse trailer using only Legos, and so Ooh. I'm not sure if it was Phil or Chris wow. or if it was the directors, but they contacted this 14 year old kid and said, "Hey, do this sequence Can for us." Can we get this kid on the in show its entirety? I would love to. Brad Pitt first. I would love to, and then with this kid. Let's let Brad. That's why Brad Pitt. Brad Brad Pitt got
1: bumped.
3: Sorry, Brad. Pitt Brad Pitt or Matt Damon? Is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry,
1: Brad Pitt. We ran out of time. (laughs) Brad's just sitting in. He's just sitting in the waiting queue of Zoom, (laughs) like being trying to get let in by Gabe, and like we're just. But but (laughs) I
5: really want to point out
1: that's a a
2: bigger conversation that I really want to give props to Phil Lord and Chris Miller for because it was the same thing um, with the Spider-Man from India, where I guess the initial. Oh, draft okay. uh Some of the 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 writers on uh, or people in the production on Across the Spider-Verse who are from India voiced their concerns saying, you know, this character could be better. You know, those of us who understand that 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 country and that culture uh, feel that it could be better. And apparently that word got back to Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And we all know Hollywood well enough to know that it's full of egos that that 99 times out of 100 would have shut down those concerns. Apparently, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller brought in those people voicing those concerns and said, hey, like. Tell us, tell us what we can do, tell us how we can make this better, and all of those people had a voice that was made, which I really thought was fantastic. It was in our yeah. interview last week and uh, and I really think that that is a testament to same thing with with this 14 year old kid they recognize talent it doesn't talent is talent, voices are voices, opinions are opinions it doesn't matter who they're coming from. Get the right people in the room and your movie turns out this way. This movie is a shining example of get as many different voices in the room and look how incredible the final product turns out to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned like diversity, these uh, diversity issues that are sometimes mm-hmm. mandated by studios that they don't want to look at them as sure. mandates. They want to look at them as 100 to better the yes. content, to better the story, and especially.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was one of the in best sequences. Like Spider-Verse. Yeah. I love that sequence. The yeah. Yeah.
0: is unbelievably good, and you know th- that's definitely one of those sequences where you know you can pause yes. it at multiple times and scour the backgrounds and just found just find unlimited references to things that are going yeah. on in across the Spider Verse. Um, the debate that has been plaguing the real blend text thread uh and it happened from the moment Kevin McCarthy screened this movie <laughs> um is whether or not Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a complete movie mm. uh and I want desperately to hear from uh listeners who have made it this far to tell us whether you believe um that it is a complete movie or half a movie um, because we brought this up in our conversation with Phil and Chris and they gave their opinion as to why they felt that they did tell a complete arc to the story. Um, but Kevin has experienced, and I also have experienced people who have come out of the movie saying, Oh, I'm bummed that it's a cliffhanger." But uh, Brendan, Brendan, my, my son, Brendan, like PJ loved it. And Brendan was like, what the heck? Mm. Like, why do I got to wait for the rest of the story? Right. Um, I think Jake and I are on the side of, it's a complete story in the way that movies like, back to the future part two or even empire strikes back that do have cliffhanger elements to them still told enough of a story to feel like a movie. But Kevin very clearly thinks that it doesn't feel like a movie if it doesn't have an ending. My line Um, I've been saying is,
2: is less like across the spider verse to me in my heart isn't part one of two. It's part two of three.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think But yeah, yeah. And so
5: I've had a a few
1: instances of parents who have reached out to me or people that I've worked with that took their kids to see this movie and their kids were angry at the end. Like they were like, what to be continued? And listen, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with cliffhangers. Gabe made a great point about Infinity War. Um, I think the issue that I took was going in. I would like to. have. I think the marketing should have talked about that. But to Gabe's point. Now, obviously, the marketing worked because everyone went to see it. and They made a lot more money than the first one. But when you look at Into the Spider-Verse, to me, that is a complete story, even though it's part one into the Spider-Verse sure. has a as a full blown story. Does Into the Spider-Verse have a to be continued at the end? No, but it but it it has the tease yeah.
0: of Gwen showing up okay uh, through the portal and saying to Miles like Hey Miles, do you have a moment? And it teases that like they're about and to the, the post
2: credit scene is is Oscar Isaac sort of beginning his journey right
1: on on you yes. know for what he we know he's going to end up doing. And so it's interesting like this uh, you know Dune Part One, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. Um, I'm going into mission. Expecting a cliffhanger, I went into Fast X.
0: Had a cliffhanger, it did, and and it's well, interesting. Fast X make- wasn't
1: a part one. Fast X was just Fast X and
2: you're 100% right it's and like,
6: i think fast x is like those you know those twitter threads where someone just starts it and they don't know so they put one of <laughs> slash question mark <laughs>
3: it's fast
6: x 1/question slash question mark
1: is what it is. i mean it's in all honesty like i can go back and forth all day with because i do think empire strikes back is probably a great example of this and so is infinity war they're both films that left you with a cliffhanger though i would still argue that infinity war and empire felt more complete to me. I like I can sit down, not that I couldn't sit down and watch across the Spider-Verse, but when Beyond comes out, I would consider that a package deal. Like I I would probably like with Kill Bill, even though I I, Jake and I argue it's one film and Sean argues it's two. um, What's interesting about that to Sean's argument is he considers Kill Bill volume one. A part you consider that to be a full movie, right? Sean, is that how you argue that? Yeah, it's Sean, Sean thinks it. I don't know that we can two, go two. into
6: that comparison. One, because it's a storied comparison that we have on the show already, and we've talked it. Right. But two, that is different in that it was one movie that was forced to be split, and there's okay. There's there's yeah. a lot. The, the merits of each side of that are different than the merits of each side of this. Okay. Okay. Well, this
0: was the point that I brought up in the conversation today. It was like, what is the definition oh, of a full movie? Because I think by the time Spider Verse one, two, and three play out. It's going to be one story all the way through. But OK, yes. but back
1: to the future. Part two. To me, tells a complete story, even though three like. Well, like it's just because I they c- also feel so different. I mean, they yeah. just like like yeah. don't, let me ask you something. If
2: if across the spider verse did not end with that little screen that said to be continued, because the first one doesn't. If it right. didn't end with that, right. would it make people feel less? If it just sort of ended and went to black and it
6: no. you're like, oh my God, what a great, what
2: a great cliffhanger.
6: I, I think the problem comes before that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it does. And if we're in spoilers, uh, we'll just talk about it. We are, we are dealing with a scenario that's set up about Miles's father. And yeah. that is a gigantic story point that's set up. That's going now the argument for across the spider verse. And again, To be clear, we all love this movie. I consider it a masterpiece in terms of a film. And someone gave me crap the other day. They're like, why would you give it a four and a half out of five? I said, because I didn't feel it was a complete film. And I still think it's as as what it is, the two hour and 17 minute, whatever the length of the film is. It's incredible. It's like perfect movie, essentially, in terms of what I
2: ask you a question. I I, I really because this this goes to, to the point that you're making. Let me ask you this. Would you have an easier time with it? Because I, I feel like what you're saying is it's not a complete film because it doesn't complete sort of the journey that, that Miles is on. But well, if you it does look at complete- the
5: film.
6: It doesn't complete in,
2: one story, though. Like, there's right, several but, but, okay, threads. Okay, but let me, let, me, let me make this point, though. Is that the opening of the film is about Gwen feeling like, uh, I, I don't want to be a part of this band. and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can really do this. And then the end of the film is her putting the band back together. So yes. if you look at Across the Spider-Verse as Gwen's story, then it is a sort of complete arc. It is about not being able to be a part of a group, and then at the end being like, shit, I was just a part of the wrong Which group. This is the group.
0: Beyond 100%. is going to switch focus to another character. I don't know which one yet, Please, but it makes me think spider Beyond will.
1: Please, Spider-Ham. <laughs> but uh, in, in, all all honesty, spider though, in all honesty, though, like, and, and we're, we're splitting hairs here because we all love the film. Oh, sure, but, sure, of course, of but, course. But, but, it, but it does come down to an interesting point of view, though, because what I'm hearing from parents that kids, I, I guess if you go back to the Phil and Chris interview, when I asked Phil and Chris about the marketing of the film and how they were planning to market it. That was my issue was the idea that kids were going into this film not understanding the business of the movie, right? Like they're not on movie sites probably all day long, logging everything that's happening, every detail, how things are being split up and not split up. If you're a 12 year old kid and you sit down to watch that movie and it's not called part one, it's just called Across the Spider-Verse. I could see that there being a level of disappointment if the film ends the way it does, it's not that it hurts the movie. I just don't think it's a full, complete film because we ha- we need that arc of what happens to Miles's father to pan out. That becomes really the big, like Lord of the Rings, for example. I consider those full films because they they each tell a full blown story. Now, if you want to use the, yeah, argument- I want to jump.
6: I want to jump in because you you bring up something that I think is interesting that I didn't think of when when we had this discussion earlier and i um i think what's interesting about this is it's i think it's going to be different for a lot of different people because there are so many through lines so mm-hmm. many different stories when yeah. you mentioned that you wanted the dad's story to be resolved i f- assumed when you were talking about it not being complete you were concerned about the spot story not being resolved no, which is another it was so so the that's why i think father. is that's what i think is interesting is that it depends on what your what you're tied Ooh. to, because they do, as as Jake very well pointed out, and I think even within Miles' story, they complete a story of him being told, you know, this is what you need to do. He needs he, he uh, you know the 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 counselor saying, this is your story. This yeah. is we got to sell yeah. this so you can get into college. The oh, spider people, the spider people, God, then this rein- movie is so good, reinforcing mm-hmm. that and saying, this is your story. You're Spider-Man. This is how spider Man's supposed to go. And then his story ends with you were never supposed to be Spider-Man and him going, Mm. I'm going to tell my own story. Like that's his arc in this movie is learning his individuality in a world of of Mm. people that reflect him. I hadn't thought about the dad, which is interesting. But I assume people are also upset that the spot doesn't happen because Mm. you're kind of we're trained to think like, which I love that the, the movie is telling us, yelling at us. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's yelling at us, I'm not a monster of the week, I'm the big bad. I'm you're yeah. not gonna yeah. solve this god, problem in this movie. movie. I'm yeah. going you're gonna have to fight me later. I'm not the you know, villain of the week movie, you know, villain of the movie. I, that that I shot, shot him at it. the end
2: when he's rever when the colors are reversed mm-hmm. and the spot yes. is black with the white so spot. terrifying. Yes. Oh my god, it was scary. And also he's got an interesting, like almost Freddy Krueger like arm sort of dislocation where because if you're watching like freddy krueger always his arm hangs a little bit lower like a gunslinger
1: like it always right. he's got a very cool freddy krueger sort of pose to him at the end that's a, that's actually interesting because I, I got rorschach vibes a little bit the way spot on oh, works yes. and, oh, sure of course yeah that's Jackie great. Earl, yeah, Jackie Jackie uh, Earl yeah, Haley great well, well done
6: to put Kruger. a button on that that point though what i was getting at it and i'm curious for you guys to answer this what was the story that when it ended that you went like, what was the first storyline that you thought, man, I thought I was going to get that resolution that felt that uh, emptiness that we're talking about? Was, the the dad, Miles was it the father? Was it spot?
1: Was it Miles? Yeah, it was ah. my, yeah, because because the ending is so the entire and, and actually, Gabe, your the way you explain it just now is actually fascinating to me, because he, every time you guys explain it to me, I go, huh? they're actually yeah, they're right. But then I go But you still have that feeling. Then, it doesn't change the that feeling f- that you have. Right. Yeah. It's in and my gut. To be fair, like you're allowed to have that feeling. Yeah, like there's nothing no, sure. like there's you know like there's no
2: really I argue there's no I, right or wrong here. I'm just I feel like not I'm alone. able to sleep a I'm little hearing bit. This. Yeah,
1: oh 100%. I'm it's more in my gut. It's more in my gut, really. It's like because yeah. like, because the points you're making will, are will, will exactly right. Will you feel right.
2: better? And maybe we already touched on this. Will you feel better when the third one comes out? Because they've they've already said there is no four. It's three, and that's the story. And now that we know that they are really working at one overarching story rather than a one and a two and a three. Will you feel better when you basically have three chapters of one story and you can just sort of look at it as one giant piece? Because because like, yeah. you know that if because did you guys see that? um that thing that came out earlier this week that they were about the uh, the prowler colors and mm. into the spider verse that they yeah, were like yeah, yeah. dropping so they yeah. were dropping hints on things even the bagel you know joke they were yeah. dropping hints on stuff in part 1 which makes me think that there are hints hints in
1: part 1 about part 3 that we don't even know about right. so oh, i feel oh, like I when you
2: when you see the
1: bigger picture are you
2: going to feel better about it
1: I think so. But I also think ultimately, if it comes down to me discussing, is it a a complete film or not? I think I just have to look at Into the Spider-Verse because Into the Spider-Verse, to me, feels complete. This feels like half. And it's it's just the ultimate idea of like, like when Into the Spider-Verse ended, Into the Spider-Verse has teases ahead, but those were like you know, stingers like like the like the like like a Marvel tag at the end. But I felt like I en- it encompassed a full, complete story. I think I, think I get yeah. what you're saying.
0: There there are too many open threads. By It's the more end like of this a one. season finale than a.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. No, it's yes. definitely the feeling. There,
6: there
0: it is. Yeah. I see just that. nailed it. Yeah. It's serialized, you yeah. know, and is definitely serialized. Um, all right. So to that end, we're all looking ahead to beyond the Spider-Verse. And I want to bring up a topic that I started focusing on today which is the reality of Beyond the Spider-Verse actually hitting its March twenty-ninth, twenty twenty four release date. Um no this way. is less than a year yeah. after um and it the we've been hearing nothing about 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 uh the fact that across the Spider-Verse took four to five years for them to get it to this point. But now, they were doing the pandemic, this in tandem, right? Uh no one will confirm. Like uh, we asked the directors, whether they're working in tandem, they no did one not re- will talk about it. Daniel Pemberton, we asked him, hey, "Were you working on your music at the same time?" They did not want to talk about it.
6: Yeah, um, I think there's more to that
1: story. Sorry to cut you off, well, but it, it,
6: also, it, I mean, why would you even it. set that up as an expectation if you, yeah. like, you're not going to turn a whole movie around? Yeah. There was also
1: a story today about Haley Steinfeld saying, "I saw it on Twitter." They,
6: that they, she hadn't, hadn't reco- yeah,
2: they haven't recorded lines, and if the SAG after strike happens on July 1st, Ooh. they will not be around to record any lines for the third film.
0: So that's a curveball that i mean that's a curveball that they couldn't predict you know sure. like if, if this if Sag goes on strike then yes that that's something they're that going to have to factor into um but also don't uh,
2: rush it like we waited five years for this amazing sequel i can wait like if they push like look yes would it suck if like and it's kind of cool knowing they like oh we only have to wait till march to get part three but i'd rather wait and have it be awesome than them try yeah. to just rush it to meet a deadline what's like christmas what next major year avatar loaded <laughs> sorry
0: uh, yes there's avatar. another yeah. avatar and oh, yeah. i think some, something else that's massive i could see them um, pushing it to a holiday somebody said um summer 2025 and i think that that makes more sense
2: well dude summer dude 2025 is just going to be epic in terms of superhero anyway isn't that batman part two and and uh, superman 2025
0: yeah superman yeah, legacy is 2025 superman that legacy. could be a really cool batman 2 i think is october from what i understand but still um, just 2025 in general yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely gonna be pretty big. But I am gonna be uh not surprised if we get the announcement that Beyond gets
1: delayed. Sean, back to Gabe's question, what is the thread at the end that you can't wait to see what happens oh, expanding good, good beyond? Question. Question.
0: The the one that I want to I hope that they don't hurry through it and that we spend more time in it um is this earth this version of Earth forty-two where there isn't a Spider-Man.
3: Mm. where
0: miles the spider was supposed to be there and was supposed to bite a peter and that peter died and that's why miguel was furious you know that the spider didn't get there and so now there's a world where it looks kind of you know escape from new york-ish and miles becomes the prowler instead and we don't have a spider-man and i would love to spend a lot more time like i think that that's a classic um plot twist at the end of a movie where you meet yourself and you're the evil version of yourself Mm. like okay that's fine oh
2: I want to meet evil Kevin
0: Little bit of a trope.
2: <laughs> he hates is evil. Kevin is he hates movies shot on
1: film. He's he
3: like digital.
2: Digital. go. No the overrated
1: enough. hack. Yeah. I look at Michael Mann's Collateral and go, "This is the greatest looking movie I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life." We're like, <laughs> done shit.
0: <laughs> so that's the world I want to spend more time in. I really hope that they don't just shuffle uh, good Miles out of that universe. I want to see him I feel, mean, the, I feel the like repercussions. That's such a part of
2: the
1: cliffhanger that they it would feel cheap to just rush through that oh okay, sure so the big the biggest question we're left with at least in my opinion is whether or not because so so the setup basically is he can either save his father or save the world essentially is the is the is the concept right is well, the, that's the, everyone
6: that's the right. well that's the thing is is that's kind of a false premise in that the that is all on the fact of that's what the spider-man story is but miguel says you were never supposed to be spider-man so he yeah. right in a theory, and he in can fact, do whatever he wants is dead
2: because of you.
6: Yeah. And that's fine. There are consequences that are going to come from that, but he could technically
1: do whatever he wants to do. Does he tell his dad? Do you think? And he's Spider-Man. Oh, I hope yeah, so. I hope by the dude, end, be, that would be think he has to the scene when he tells his mom and it's not the right universe was yeah. uh, amazing. That Terrific. was uh, honestly like, I, I I think I said this in the review some of my favorite scenes in the entire film are with miles and his mom. Yeah, Like there, there, there's a scene with him and his mom, which I think is a big part of the first trailer where his mom tells him about this idea of like, when, when you, when the boy goes out into the world, please protect my boy. Okay. Just, Oh my gosh. Let
0: me tell you about bringing the entire family to a screening on Saturday night. And I have Michelle to the right of me and PJ to the left of me. And that scene comes up and I just start to see Michelle's shoulders shake because she is sobbing and Mm. glancing over at pj to to not pull full attention to him but to hear this story about uh you're growing up and i can't you know i want people to to um care about you as much as we do and you know i want them to be uh, as protective of you as we have been up until this point point. And it's just, it's everything that we're at. It's everything Mm -hmm. that we are at right here. And I just saw Michelle's shoulders, like, (laughs) trembling, and I was like well, she's in 100% on this movie, so that's that's all you needed. She's wiping tears, and she's like, oh, three out of five. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's half a movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're, weirdly enough, uh, with all the stylization and the action, that scene and then the upside-down physics, like when, the, when, when oh. Gwen and Miles are talking, it's the quiet moments in that film that really hit me, yep. to be honest with you. And like like the physics, I saw somebody break down the physics of Gwen's face as she's upside down, and like how her eyebrow goes up a certain way. It's really the detail is so insane. But but yeah, I know we're we're, we're running out of time, but in terms of spoilers, so Sean wants to see what he said. Jake, where, where are you in terms of Gabe's question about the biggest thread at the end of what of what you're looking forward to with Beyond. I think we're going to get a lot more live action. I think Beyond's going to mean... The like Donald Glover yeah. stuff and all the Canon stuff. I think we're well, going to be blending in. I, I really think that like
2: the final shot of beyond could be because so much emphasis has been played on his Jordans, his shoes. I think the final mm. shot could be maybe because since they just announced a live action, Miles Morales, what if the live, the final shot of beyond is a live action sneaker stepping out into the streets of New oh. York and that's how, and then just sort of announcing do they, that do they like, show
6: the actor like they I don't think they show asked. the actor
2: because I don't think they have the actor yet, but you just, they're just basically saying like, that's the next step. I mean, step. Y- I mean, you you have until a
1: week before the movie comes out to shoot the answer. Can it can it not be Shamik? This is a so this it is a be. big question. I know we have to dive in. We have to dive off here, but this is like a huge question that's happening on the internet right now: is who should play live action Miles Morales? And I know it's an age thing. I don't know how old Shamik yeah, is. That's my only argument. Okay, is twenty six. So
0: like Shamik is, is, is twenty six years old, but he looks he, young he was looks commenting younger. that tom holland just turned 27 so why can't you know if tom yeah. holland can play spider-man at 27 why can't he play miles at 26 the problem is Good the point. cross solidifies the fact that right now miles is 15 years old um he says right. that to his yeah. uh to his principal and he's talking about how he wants to go to princeton and they're like you know at 15 kind of thing it's a um, little bit of a dear can, Evan
2: Hansen kind of thing. Where it's Shemeek like, okay, Cray, he's definitely not 15. I think, I think
0: people are thrown off because right now he's got a he's got like a big
6: beard. I think shave. I mean, if you see him in dope and stuff, like he has a really youthful face. If he shaves mm-hmm. and you I, know I, I the, think Tom can, Ho- the Tom Holland argument
1: is is actually pretty brilliant. That's actually pretty smart on his part. Because yes. if I'm Shamik Moore. So, okay, so how does that work? So this 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 Spider Verse is not in the MCU, correct? This or, or is it? Well, they address no. it. They
2: addressed the MCU, though.
1: They addressed oh, that. that they showed Toby that with
2: Doctor Strange and the Nerd on Earth 1999. The, nine, nine, uh, That's th- Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, by the way, the Morbius, the cell phone, the Sony cell phone. Oh,
6: I'd pay money for that. What was that? that? What was the line? No. Oh, you guys didn't catch the mo- they. So you remember they <laughs> no. Morbin time? Remember they re-released it and then it bombed yeah. again. They bombed yeah. the movie twice. Yeah. In the movie, they're swinging, and I forget. I think Gwen says something about. Um, oh, it's about Miguel's like vampire-like stuff. And he says, a vampire good guy? I'd pay money
1: to see that.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think I made the connection. That oh, makes total dude, sense. That's, that's so a Morbius good. joke. I don't think, think I made that connection, so
1: though. Also I love how our, our show started with the Jared Leto thing, and now we're Aww, ending with Jared Leto. Man, yeah, that's the,
0: um, the Venom scene played, like it, it got nothing in our crowded audience. When he poked in and spoke with Mrs. Chen, I don't think enough people knew that that was the Venom world. I didn't honestly catch it took that. me oh, okay. it
2: took me a second to go wait is that the convenience store from Venom and and yeah. I mean we do this for a living so that yeah I could see that going over the heads of a lot I, of people to, that to, went over to my Kevin's,
6: head to Kevin's I do want to say I think beyond I think maybe we'll get more live action but I think what they mean by yeah. beyond is how miles is breaking the spider verse yeah. itself yeah that's and what the, i'm the, 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 canon what the canon is what i'm fascinated is. in that's yeah.
2: i think that i think that the the way that they use the concept of which, canon which is something we've talked about is brilliant
6: which means yeah. that the sony spider verse might fully wrap up a multiverse story where they break they the, multiverse, to, they and the multiverse and then rewrite it and it's story. Done. and then you know, like Oof. they might do a complete three arc you mean Michael Keaton
0: of, meeting uh, Jared Leto in the middle of the desert? Didn't get you going? I, I can't. <laughs> like, look, like we, we, we gave a
2: multiverse movie best picture, and yeah. we're giving multiverse movie like you know like probably best you know animated film next year. Can we wrap up? Can we wrap up the multiverse
0: thing? Speaking of, wrapping. we're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we, uh, it, it
1: takes away the stakes. I think the yeah. multiverse, but not in this movie. Well, though. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. Yeah,
0: <laughs> different stakes. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry. Much <laughs> different stakes. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our spoiler-filled conversation uh, on behalf of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Of course, we're gonna have continue to have coverage of this film throughout the rest of the year. We'll continue to track its box office and see how it does against Transformers Oscars, baby. and then. We have Flash coming up, which is a multiverse movie, and we will... I've already seen... I I, I waited on this on social media, and I, a lot of people backed me on it. I didn't mean it as a dig to Screen Rant at all, but Screen Rant posted their Flash review, and they were like, this just doesn't hold up to movies like Across the Spider-Verse now. And I was like, dude, you can't... like." Flash had no clue Spider-Verse was going to be coming yeah. out at this time and had no clue it was going to be as good. And don't compare everything to Spider-Verse now, because what's going to hold up? What's honestly going to be as good as that movie for the rest of the summer? Although, so. to,
6: and to Spider-Verse's credit, wasn't everyone doing the same thing for uh, Super Mario like a couple of months ago? <laughs> and yes. now it's already, it's already, there's a new goalpost. Very true. Yes. Yeah. So, um,
0: and then like Gabe said, the Oscars, I, I fully expect this yeah. to be an Oscar player. And I really, truly Best hope... Picture. For Beyond, yeah. like, come on,
2: let's let's I'll, be let's be realistic. Like, give it a best picture nomination, be, be, best, screenplay. Ha- best, half, best half
0: picture.
1: They're going to be a new new, oh, new yes. category. <laughs> did two
0: towers get nominated?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. They so did, did, so yeah, did yeah, Dune yeah. part one. I know I, I listen. Uh, you guys convinced <laughs> me. I, I'm I'm also, by the way, officially conceding. On my Barbie Oppenheimer bet, because <laughs> the, just, the last time we discussed wait. this, I know we, I know we got to go. Here's why. Uh, uh, since we last discussed the bet, the bet for in case anyone listening doesn't know, Jake this and I had is a bet about breaking news. This is breaking news. So Barbie is opening up against Oppenheimer. Dollars. Yeah. And I I offered Jake a thousand dollars. OK, but, okay um, but what was our
2: no. the final bet was and I think this is people will appreciate this. It's one hundred dollars to the charity of the winner's choice correct and so i'll just go ahead
1: and donate Blame. that today if you need Don't me scoff. to uh, sean there's no, gonna be a, a
2: puppy is gonna get food because spoiler. of this
1: yeah. <laughs> but let me explain one thing real fast so the day the barbie trailer dropped the the first major trailer um not the 2001 homage that was the day i i was texting you. we were on the show and i'm like guys yeah i think i understand now how culturally huge this is gonna be but since we last discussed this, Oppenheimer has now been confirmed as rated R yes. <laughs> and it's three hours. So I and again, while my argument was standing about Nolan and then and the IMAX theaters, the R rating and the three hour time frame, I think uh, I have to concede to Jake because I just I can't see it happening now. I want it to. And maybe this is reverse psychology and I'm hoping it'll happen. Um, But uh, I I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's not going to happen anymore. I think Barbie's going to destroy it, unfortunately. I mean, actually, not unfortunately. I'm very excited about Barbie and I love Greta Gerwig. I just, you you know, I'm a huge Nolan guy. So
0: we shall see. All right. Gabe wants to give us a quick uh, update for the blend game, which used to be played at this point in the show.
1: Yes.
6: So the blend game is not coming back. Uh, that is not the update, but we had a lot of great feedback from people who are going to miss the Blend Game, and I think they echoed a sentiment that we all felt when we decided to take goodbye to it, which is that we really love the spirit of the Blend Game and, and all the benefits of, of keeping the conversation going around movies that aren't necessarily just being released this week or stuff that's, you know, an old gem that maybe you haven't seen before, and so... At the end of the shows, moving forward, um, we're gonna do a version of the blend game again, a spirit of the blend game uh, uh, to try to get you guys to interact with the show uh, down in the YouTube comments specifically. Feel free to email us if, email us if you you don't want to you know comment or tweet. On YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's fine.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna push you to, to to comment on the YouTube just because it's a great opportunity for us to keep the comments positive and for you mm-hmm. guys to interact with each other. And and we can interact there as well, um, but you guys can interact with each other as far as recommending movies, talking about things. Um, and so that might feel like the blend game. It might feel different. We're going to have fun with it every week. But at the end of every show, we're going to kind of leave you with a central question to jump down into the comments um, and interact. Uh, the one that was suggested, which I think is a great way to kick this off, uh, was a last hurrah for the blend game. Um, so head down to the YouTube comments and let us know what your favorite blend game was um and and if you have a favorite blend game moment or or you know we love hearing stories about like i found one of my new favorite movies because of it so if anything like that as a final goodbye to the blend game um head down to the youtube comments and let us know and we'll we're going to keep us up every week we'll have something fun
0: i love it all right that's us awesome. for the for the for the week um jake is running out to something very very exciting uh, we will talk more about that in coming weeks. We will
2: we will dial in on what it is that ah. I'm going to do. Our destiny is that we will dial in.
1: But luckily, As I don't have to go to Indiana to see it. Wait, you're actually just taking a shower with Dial soap? That's what you're talking That's about, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. L-
0: while listening to Destiny's Child. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then as mentioned, the show is going to be in Pixar this weekend. So follow us on our social medias for photos from that adventure. All three of us are going to be uh, in San Francisco. Gabe will be there in spirit. You can follow us at Jake's takes at Kevin McCarthy, TV at Sean underscore O'Connell at Gabe Kovach. And the show, of course is at real blend talk to you guys next week with some more exciting content. And until then. The man who moved the earth. I think you gotta say Barbie now, Kev. I think you just
6: can see it. you gotta just say Barbie. No, no, no. I'm still, <laughs> oh, no. I'm, still I'm still Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt.